Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Wasatch Report. I'm Suzanne Sherman. This is episode 11, and Jeff Johnson is joining me, as always, my wonderful friend and producer and co-host. You can find us on Anchor FM. They have seven platforms, last I checked, including Spotify and Apple, and you can listen if you're not listening to us on Facebook Live. If you are listening on Facebook Live, facebook.com forward slash the Wasatch. Suzanne Sherman's the Wasatch Report radio show. And that's where we do our live broadcast. And you can also weigh in and we will get your comments up there live and discuss them. You can support the show also on Anchor. There are a few tiers available uh, starting from 99 cents a month. I want to thank those that have done that. You can also reach us by going to SuzanneCSherman.com. And when you go there, there, I hear some background noise, Jeff. When, uh, when you go there, you can support the show. There's a PayPal uh, button on the homepage. We appreciate the support. That's another way to do it. You can read when you go there, the uh, published articles and the blogs. We'll be getting some more blogs out again. Uh, I want to thank Bobby Lynn from Pure Fire Tactical for support and Richard for the latest donation as well. Really appreciate that. So Jeff, it's been a while. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well, thank you. How about, and how about yourself? I know you've been away. Uh, you've been at, <laughs> uh, You've been to Colorado and to another event so you have not been around for a couple of weeks. We've kind of squeezed in a couple of shows here and there while while we're able. And next week we'll be back to a somewhat more regular schedule, even though yeah. we don't have a we don't really have a regular day. We don't have like say it's every Monday at this time. Just expect to see us. Uh, we go when then when we're all available. Well, if we were if we had the support, we could do this full time. And have a show every single day. But as yeah, it no, is if right now. A, if there's someone that's a multimillionaire out there and wants to pay us a, you know, you know, a really good salary, we'll do this uh, five days a week and I'll quit my job. I mean, I'll be glad to leave that place uh, any second. So the first millionaire that will offer us, uh, you know, $150,000 a year contract, uh, we're in. And we don't just talk about politics. I want to invite everybody to go over to my other page, the Red Hot Chili, C-H-I-L-L-Y. Prepper. We have podcasts on that topic as well. So if you want to, if you want to learn a little bit about preparedness, we're going to talk about philosophy out in the wilderness, uh, different survival skills, techniques. Uh, that's going to be that's a great source. I I got so I got some great feedback and uh, on on the stuff we talked about when I was gone this week at the outdoor survival gathering I went to. And so I'm really, I'm really encouraged by about the prospect of the guests that we're going to have on there. Jeff, when I was gone, I, I tell you what, I did not see, I'm not going to give the name of the gathering I went to because there was no social distancing, no masks, just freedom and people acting like decent, loving human beings. And one thing I like to talk about for people that kind of question my political philosophies when I mention, well, you know, come down, I, I'm sick and tired of, you know, messing around by saying, we got to get back to the Constitution. Well, I'm not really a conservative. I'm a, class a classical liberal. And as we go through all of these scenarios and what kind of government you support, I always come to the conclusion that the only moral and ethical solution I can come up with is an anarchist. Go ahead. I got to just, I have to chime in here because there's people out there just heard the word liberal and it blew their minds. They're just going, <laughs> ah, there's, she, she admits that she's a liberal. No, the founders were <laughs> classical liberals. Uh, so you got to put it in the proper context. Uh, liberal has been hijacked by the progressives, the neo-Marxists, the Marxists, the communists. And it, they and the other word that they've hijacked in it and really to our shame is anarchist, because now every you know, every news article you see about Seattle, the anarchists there, the anarchists they are doing this, they're doing that. No, they are not anarchists. They are communists. They are not anarchists they do not want to have freedom because anarchists want suzanne you live your life i'm not i have no power over you and you being an anarchist back go jeff you live your life i have no power over you it's a non-aggression we we don't want to use government we don't want to use any force to force you to toe our line no you have your life your life is yours you run your life that's anarchy and we're, I'm an anarcho-volunteerist. And everyone out there practices volunteerism every day. You go to that Starbucks, hand them five bucks, they hand you a coffee. You just did volunteerism. So, you know, I, I'm sorry I interrupted there, but, I, you know, these terms, they, they really matter. And the, the way the left and the communists and the socialists have hijacked terms 
has made it very difficult to express the real meaning of what they mean. Because a classic liberal is basically an anarchist. They want you to live your life and not have any power over your life. So, sorry about it. But I needed to step in there because well, I know was, people out there only heard the word. She oh, she just liberal. said she's a classic liberal. She's oh, so that yes. libtard. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> and this was a great opportunity because one thing that really uh, yes, Rocco and Cap. Uh, one thing that uh, was uh, really... okay, Mark. I'm waiting for the check in the mail. Oh yeah, Kreslin bucks. They're worth as much as those uh, Federal Reserves. I'm sorry. Well, for those that are listening on the podcast, they're not going to know what we mean. Mark Kreslins is saying, I will give you 1.5 million Kreslins bucks, Suzanne and Jeff. Yes, I'm going to and I'm going to run over to the store with that and uh, and and maybe get a free wipe for my cart with it. <laughs> anyway, but what was encouraging was when I went to the gathering was how many people approached me and said that they watched the show or read the articles and when we started having this political engagement, you know, with just a few select people, and I did mention anarchy, they go, you mean you're like one of those people in Seattle? And I said, no, the first thing these people did, and we talked about this, I think, last week, was uh, they set up, they set up, uh, what was it, protection or fees that you had to have to operate a business within that area. And there was a police officer that was interviewed who said, this is extortion. Isn't this exactly what they do? They just admitted that this was extortion. So anyway, when we had our when we had our talk with regards to who is an anarchist, I said, "Look, take this gathering right now and just consider that this is occurring in a vacuum. We don't have a penal code outside of this little gathering that we have. This is just us here in a vacuum microcosm of society unaffected by the outside world." And I told the person I was talking to, "How many people were murdered last night?" Hmm? How many people were murdered here last night? How many people were sexually assaulted here last night? How many things were stolen here so far? Well, nothing. Well, I said, did, did Ben, when we had our gathering and, and when they discussed the rules, remember, anarchy is not a system without laws or rules and acceptable codes of conduct and behavior. I said, did he ever say that you cannot kill people tonight? It's forbidden. You can't steal. And as Mark says here, anarchy is actually how we live our lives. Government doesn't want us to know that. And I said, this is people behaving responsibly because it's the right thing to do, not because government tells us. So I uh, just wanted to let people know it was a great opportunity to have that conversation. In fact, I had a, I had a friend that had a big A on his door. He's a supporter of the show, but I'm not going to give his name out. And I said, I hope that stands for anarchy. It was this beautiful ornamental iron door. And he said, well, it stands for a lot of things. And, and then after I explained what anarchy really means, you know, I really, I really like that term now that I've heard your description of it. And if you look at the roots of this word, it literally means without a leader. Yeah. But here we all are fighting over who's going to hold our leash. Yeah, and that's the problem. See, government has muddied the water so badly that people think anarchy means that you want chaos. You want to... You want to have uh, people riding in the streets and burning places down. Um, and that can be further from the truth, because in reality, you were at a gathering. There were no police there and nothing. None of those bad things happened. Why? Because you, everyone was practicing anarchy. They were allowing each other to live their lives without interference. And that's what it's really, truly about. Anarchy is about just you know, let live and let live. I, I'm not going to use force on you to compel you to believe like me. You're not going to use force on me to compel me to believe like you. And, you know, again, uh, we are not right left. We don't hold water for R or D. We don't hold water for government, period. We want to abolish it completely and have governance. And that's exactly what uh, we're going to have to have Mark Kreslin's back on because him typing these answers in here is nice, but he needs to it's, say it's it. Kreslin's, you big dummy. If you're going to take over the show, get on so people can see your beautiful face and hear your voice. Yeah, and, and he, said, wanna... saying, he said we've all been trained to embrace Hobbesian state of yeah. nature, uh, abs, um, absolutist, absolutist theory, theory, 
Hobbs was wrong. I'm going to let you read them from now on because I get I'm not sorry, I'm not reading wrong this morning. <laughs> uh, well, when they pop up really quick, sometimes I have to look away and I miss them. But yeah, and I want to I want to get Mark back on too so we can talk about his book some more. And also just uh, answering a comment by uh, Rocco, the world's smartest labradoodle, said that uh, Rocco is an AMCAP. Let me give you a little example of uh, some some AMCAP activities that occurred in in this gathering a friend of mine here a lot of people might who are familiar with this this uh subject matter know who david holiday is he's actually a legend when it comes to uh survivalism and primitive survival in fact he trained bear grills uh cody lundine and a few others just some uh he also was the consultant for the movie castaway with tom hanks well he had some items that he was selling and he had a piece of glass that had actually come from war-torn sarajevo that he had flint napped into an arrowhead and then secured it with a piece of buffalo hide and then also, oh, golden doodle, I apologize, Rocco, and, and then a buckskin around the neck. So I asked him, I, I, I said, I really like this necklace. And he said, well, and he told me the whole story is I got this for free and, and it's just really my labor. I said, well, here's what we can do. I can either give you cash money fiat currency, which is, you know, for it, or I can give you the product of my labor if you're so inclined. He goes, oh, what do you have? Trading and trade blankets are a big thing at these gatherings. It's a really cool, it's a really cool aspect of it. And guess what? There are no government agents there to tell you, you know, how the, how these are going. And anyway, so I said, well, how about if I give you a canning jar of my venison chili? And some peaches that I did from last year. He says, I love peaches. I love venison. I love chili. The two of us had a peaceful trade and everybody walked away happy. There was no government intermediary that made me like pay, pay to put this on the market, had to be tested, no government inspections. And everybody survived the experience. And, uh, and the, you didn't get, comments? you didn't, yeah. weren't stolen from to right. conduct that, that, that mutual uh, trade volunteerism. You voluntarily yeah. done it, and government wasn't there to steal money from you because you were trading goods. And that's I saw a show. I saw a show one time where a, a, a this was out. No, I think Alaska, and a dentist was bartering. I, I, and I was Andrew here. Highlight what Andrew said. How do you report your taxes with trades? And this is what's interesting. A guy that was living out in the in the wildness in the wilderness in Alaska, a Bushman had traded salmon that he caught for dental services. Now here in Utah, you're not allowed to barter any of your, oh, so I just admitted to a crime. I traded my game for something else. You're not even allowed to barter it according to the legislator in Utah. But this guy was very quick to back up to make sure that it was on the record because he traded salmon for dental services. And just so everybody knows, I'm going to report the value of this to the IRS. So. Even if you want to peacefully engage in commerce, anything of value, apparently, it's assumed that the government's supposed to get their cut. And, yeah, the government's going to use violence to get their cut. And that's another reason why, again, I do not support any form of government. I, you know, basically, you see, anarchy, we can agree. We can all, if we today seceded, let's say um, Suzanne Land seceded today, and we organized governance. We could all agree that murder, rape, and theft are wrong, and we could agree on penalties for those that do those. And outside of that, uh, we could live in peace and voluntarily uh, go about our business. We can barter. We can trade goods or a currency for other goods, uh, and we can all do it voluntarily. We don't have to have government putting their force in the center of our mutually agreed-upon commerce. But that's what we do every day now because we have to give government their cut for our commerce or they'll send their guys with guns kill you to get their cut. I mean, it's just I mean, it used to be called extortion. But, you know, I guess today it's just called taxation. Thank you, uh, Friedrich Bastiat, for pointing that out to us. Uh, Rocco, when I had my own dog biz, I gave more of a discount for cash payers. I did not report it. You know, this is something <clears throat> I had said before is Shh, you need to, you need Rocco. to be, um, let me watching. know when I can talk, Jeff. I'm warning I'm Rocco. Government's watching. <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say now. <laughs> did you mute yourself? Yeah. You just, well, I always mute you, myself when, but I was just, I had to give Rocco a hard time because, you know, holy cow. 
Doesn't he know the NSA watches everything we say and do on the on their interweb? Um, you know, thanks to Al Gore, we got the interweb. So, you know, it, we're, it's great having government watching us. Let's take a, um, I forgot I was going to make a point, but that's completely gone now. I don't know where it went. Oh, I know what it was. I need you to mute your bike for a minute and be quiet. <laughs> About being ungovernable. And I had said before, you want to be ungovernable. And unfortunately, I saw a headline that said, George Soros has a goal of making America ungovernable. There's a difference between being peaceful and going about your own business and being ungovernable in the process and behaving in a manner that is lawless. And when I say lawless, I mean a manner that disregards the liberty and the right to life, liberty, and property of others. That is lawless behavior. Disregarding that is lawless. It is not being ungovernable. Barter, trade, finding to go around every law that is unreasonable. Outside, you mentioned Bastiat, outside the legitimate role, the proper role of government, be ungovernable. I think everybody should do that as much as they can. I'm not, I'm not advocating lawless behavior. I'm advocating vociferously behavior that promotes liberty and instills in people this individualism that wants them to buck the system instead of cow to the system. And when we get back from our break, we're going to talk about an article in The Federalists about face masks. We'll be right back. Music for this program has been brought to you by Roxanne, courtesy of Rat Pack Records. Radio Silence is the album and is available on Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, RatPackRecordsAmerica.com, and RoxanneBand.com. All right, everybody, when we left off, we were talking about the difference between lawless behavior and behaving in a manner that is considered ungovernable. You can be ungovernable and still be peaceful and productive and a valued member of society. Uh, Jeff, did you have anything you wanted to weigh in on there? Nope. You, nope. Had, you had shared an article from The Federalist. Speaking of The Federalist, when I was away in Colorado, I, I wrote down, and I need to organize them, about 10 pages of notes and thoughts when it comes to um, when it comes to uh, the censorship that we're seeing on the media right now. And I believe Google has says they are going to demonetize the Federalist and Zero Hedge. Again, shutting out a message. And again, we don't hold water for any politician, but you know what? You just told me that uh, I think Facebook was going to censor or not allow uh, presidential campaign ads for Donald Trump. Was that what you were saying, Jeff? Yes, I saw uh, earlier today that uh, Facebook is uh, now going to censor some of his uh, campaign ads about the riots and stuff. Again, I don't, I'm not voting for him. I will not vote for any elected king. I won't vote for any elected official. I'm not voting. I mean, because... First of all, it's the illusion of choice. There, you're not real. There is no choice. You're going to get, uh, whether it's an R or D, as Mark Kreisland describes it, you're going to get a, a Republican vanilla or a Democrat vanilla. There is no choice for chocolate. You're only going to get vanilla. So no matter what you do, you're, you're voting for what the they're going to let you have. And there is but no Jeff, choice. Jeff, we need to get the right judges on the Supreme Court. Yeah, well, Speaking we got articles the about that, Court, too. We're going to get to that. Let's see. Supreme Court blocks Trump from ending DACA. And this is another one. Supreme Court delivers major victory from LGBTQ employees. What do you think about that, conservatives? And they, and they also, and they also uh, did not hear a whole bunch of Second Amendment rights uh, cases this time either. They So they basically have punted on our second you, you folks that know us you know i'm being sarcastic here please know that i'm being sarcastic about second amendment rights because we don't have there is no such thing as a second amendment right we have natural rights and until you start applying natural rights to it you're you you've lost you're going to lose forever because they now control the narrative when you're asking for second amendment rights but they punted on this and all the uh, you know the conservatives 
quote unquote are just so Twitter because uh, they they didn't hold these conservative views that George Bush and and you know all these people that were supposedly conservatives that were put on the bench. Well, you know, it's a joke. You know, something yeah. I do, and I I don't know. I, I guess. I could either wake up and flog myself or I could wake up and listen to some of the Google news. I'll put that on just to kind of take the pulse of what's going on for the day and to just get a little dose of the insanity that comes out from the hard left. And one thing they played, and we'll have to get this sound bite, it was one of Nancy Pelosi uh, virtue signaling about removing some Confederate House members' pictures from the Capitol. And uh, I, I need to play that so we can pick that apart a little bit. The other thing was an attorney for the ACLU <clears throat> absolutely slaughtering the Constitution and talking about the, the uh, textual analysis when it came, comes to the LGBTQ case, the textual analysis, not of the Constitution, but of the Civil Rights Act, which by itself was also unconstitutional. But before we get into that, Quagmire, let's talk a little bit about this article from the... Um, from the Federalist, Jeff, do you want to start in on that? Or do you, no, you want me to? No, go ahead and start on that. I'm st I'm okay. messing around. In, I'm messing around the chat. This is your show. I'll just jump well, in. You I'll, have just, fun. I'll just interrupt I'll you. I'll just interrupt you, you when I want to. <laughs> I have the attention span of a gnat, and you keep and you keep distracting me. That's okay. That's <sighs> okay. So this is something the article is kicking off with with what I've been concerned about because we went from the lockdowns to the protests and conveniently the protests and the curfews are going to coincide with now because of the increased contact, a second wave. I submit to you, if we have any second wave, it's going to be as a result of two things. One, more testing. And two, because we were never allowed to get that herd immunity had we been allowed to live our lives responsibly uh, you know, the, for the first quarter of this year. So this article starts out with exactly my concern. <clears throat> We're told, beg your pardon, a second wave of the virus is coming. A business, or as businesses open back up and relax the orders, the number of new cases is ticking up in a handful of states. And we're hearing warnings about this from the CDC and various public health experts. Jeff, has there ever been any sort of consistency on the masks? I mean, I see, I hear, some from the uh, World Health Organization are saying not to. Fauci's going back and forth. I've been away this, you know, like I said, for two weeks. I don't even know where they're coming down on this. But like I said, there's no lawful authority. There's no, none of this matters in case of an, uh, an emergency clause in the Constitution. And, uh, you know, that everybody's talking about whether it be federally uh, mandated orders or coming from your state. There's no constitutional authority within the states themselves to lock down these businesses and do what they're doing. We're getting a lot of unelected health department bureaucrats, governors becoming tyrants. We have El, El Jefe's in almost every state, including the, especially the one, who's the one in, uh, was it Michigan? Absolutely egregious behavior. But here's what they're saying here, going back to the article, what these experts and officials don't seem to realize, and I disagree with this, they say is that Americans will never comply with their lockdown orders again. They have burned their credibility to the ground and they no longer have the moral authority to tell us what to do. First of all, they didn't have the moral authority to begin with. Second of all, Jeff, if there's another lockdown, I don't doubt for a nanosecond that people won't comply. If it's voluntary, I, when I was in Colorado, I could not believe how many people were wearing masks. And then the funny thing in the restaurants, they have the masks with the nose sticking out. I, the manager, I think I talked about this last week, Cafe Rio, had, you know, he, here he is standing there serving the food. They have the plexiglass barriers and his nose is exposed right over the food as he's cooking. So this is either critical or it isn't. So um, let me go back to this. To the, are there any comments you want to highlight? Because I'm not on that page. I don't see the comments. No, not, not yet. Um, okay. Pretty much everything is, uh, we're fine. Just we'll keep going. It, it just is. I just saw an article today about Cuomo saying that um, and I can't remember what who he was talking to in this uh, article. I didn't keep the article, but he was saying that it's the law that people have to wear a mask. And in, in reality, no, there is no law. Uh, he has a, a, a decree that he did as our, our benevolent dictator. 
a non-benevolent dictator. He decreed that people have to wear masks, but there's no law stating that I have to wear a mask. Matter of fact, I, I would almost guarantee you there's laws in the books that require me not to wear a mask because it's illegal to wear a mask into a business. So, um, no, there's no law requiring it. And But that's the whole point of this article is that, you know, these laws didn't exist to begin with and people still obey them. And I have one thing to disagree with you on that is that uh, if there is a new wave of mandatory lockdowns, uh, mm -hmm. the timid and compliant Americans that are no longer rugged individualism, uh, individuals will comply and they will kowtow to their government. Oh, that's what I said. I agree. I said I yeah, absolutely I, think they will. Yeah. 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 So uh, the, and the article also says the exact day the experts lost their credibility was June 4th. No, <laughs> they never had credibility with me. But it said on June 4th, more than a thousand public health workers signed a letter claiming the protests were vital to the national public health and to the threatened health specifically of black people in the United States. The woke corporate press scrambled to assure us that this wasn't hypocritical at all and that health is about more than simply remaining free of coronavirus infection, as a pair of epidemiologists uh, put in the Atlantic. So again, the virus is either deadly and worthy of shutting down the economy or it isn't. And this is something I have said all along particularly with regards to air travel. And I have said from day one, if this virus is so deadly and this pandemic is so worthy of shutting down our economy, of ruining lives, why in the hell do we have airplanes flying? Okay, I'll just put up, uh, Andrew, I de facto have to abide by the lockdowns because all my vendors will close their doors. Uh, yes, yeah, so you, even though you choose not to, all your all the businesses you serve will be closed and you will be forced to lock down anyway. I honestly have very little doubt that my other page was disabled because of my outspokenness and sharing the articles about my uh, protests over the masks, over the lockdowns. As everybody knows, I have been very critical. Facebook came out and said they were going to disable pages, for instance, that supported lockdown protests. They were going to because uh, they feel that that doesn't make people safe. So I honestly think my other page was shut down because of that. And uh, so I now I'm not even putting those articles up. I'm just talking about it on my shows. And what uh, Rocco says, the golden doodle, <laughs> it's about control. And property taxes are going up 34 percent out in Tennessee. I forgot what county by the mayor and the counselors. And uh, how is that legal? And that's exactly what I think is going to happen. Summit County, and you're already seeing that that the states are saying that we're going to have a budget shortfall. Well, yeah, duh. That's what happens when you cripple everybody's businesses and livelihoods. So, yeah. uh, And I just see. paid my prop taxes there, Rocco. And in big letters on the front of the envelope, I wrote uh, 2020 Bradford County extortion fee. Uh, you know, on the check in the memo, I put on the exact same thing, 2020 Bradford County extortion fee. Um, as a matter of fact, I haven't seen my check cashed yet. So I'm not sure if I stepped on their toes and they're not going to cash it. I don't know. But uh, I don't care. I, I sent them a check. I, I spoke my mind, though, because uh, property taxes are extortion. They they are forcing me to give them money uh, to, to have them allow me to live on the property that I own free and clear from bank. I have no mortgage. Supposedly, I own this property, but I have to pay them an extortion fee to live here. You know, um, I'm going to close out of that article because there's another one from L.A. that's talking, or L.A. Times talked about Gavin Newsom in California is making mask wearing mandatory in all of California, subject to fines and a misdemeanor. Uh, so that's interesting. I thought they were already doing it. Maybe it was just a social pressure in California. I have a girlfriend that lives in Marin, and she was at the gathering this weekend, and they live out, you know, very, uh, very rural area, lots of wilderness, and takes her boy to the beach. And they're out there on the beach, and people are calling the police on her because they don't have face masks on. And this was before it was mandatory. But yeah, I, I would think that as this was starting to go away, that uh, the restrictions would lessen, but I anticipate that they're going to be doubling down on them. And here again, Gavin Newsom on Thursday 
ordered all Californians, as I said, to wear the coverings while in public or high risk settings, shopping, transit, medical care, uh, because now we're having uh, increased outbreak, out, outbreaks by residents failing to voluntarily take that precaution. Again, when we coddle these protests and tolerate them and have them, again, I'm not saying that the protests should be shut down, but they are saying, as we mentioned in the last article, that these protests are acceptable because they are more important to the health of the black community. So there's absolutely nothing but mental gymnastics going on here to hide the fact that they're blatant hypocrites. So here's what Newsom said in a statement, California's strategy to restart the economy and get people back to work will only be successful if people act safely and follow health recommendations. That means wearing a face covering, washing your hands and practicing social dis physical distancing. This is what I've seen with the facial coverings. People are constantly touching them or they have these cloth covers that are a little bit more high end. They have the decorations that they wear. They'll put on when they go in the store, wear it around. And then what do they do when they're done? In their pocket or in their purse for all this little bacteria to fester for a few days, hours, whatever, until they put it on again. Now they are exhibiting absolute lack of understanding for any kind of cross-contamination. By the way, I wrote an article on cross-contamination in, in Survival Dispatch. I have to check and see what the latest issue is as well. So I would submit to you that these people that are wearing their designer masks, who again, probably don't even wash them, at least you know for who knows how long, and then they're touching these masks and then touching everything else that we're touching that uh, you know they're doing more harm than good. As Andrew's saying, Fauci, Fauci admitted to the uh, to his blatant mask lie, and nobody, you know, zero credibility here. And uh, so, but still, people also. Here's the other thing I cannot stand: is wear your mask to show respect for others. Before we, uh, before I have Jeff address that, we're going to give a quick break to thank our musical supporters for uh, this show, Roxanne, who provides the opening uh, intro music. Thank you. We'll be right back. Music for this program has been brought to you by Roxanne, courtesy of Rat Pack Records. Radio Silence is the album and is available on Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, RatPackRecordsAmerica.com, and RoxanneBand.com. All right, Jeff. Do you uh, when we when we left off for the break, we were talking about masks and the mandatory mask wearing in California, subject to criminal penalty. And the other argument is, even if it's not legal or if it's not a legal requirement, uh, you should just do it to show respect for other people. Thoughts on that, Jeff? Uh, why do I have to show respect to them? Uh, they should respect my right to not wear a mask. I mean, that's the whole point. I thought the point of being free in this country was to be free to do as you wish but evidently i have to give up my freedom to make them feel good uh you know no it's not going to happen i don't wear a mask and it's not going to happen and if you're going to give me a dirty look i i'll get very rude i mean i don't have any problem treating you like a piece of crap if you're going to be like that i'll i'll, I'll go and load on you so yeah, out here in Whole Foods, here's a funny thing, too. I don't know if I mentioned it before, but they have a pile of masks just sitting out there, you know, on a table for anybody to touch and put on their face. And anybody, so now it, it's, it's certainly not within the realm of impossibility for somebody to inadvertently touch the mask that you're going to put on your face. So here's somebody that may be a risk who takes the masks, touch the mask that is now at the top of the pile that we're going to wear. And I'm expected to put that on my face. I walk into Whole Foods and ask, hi, would you like a mask? No, thank you. Nobody says I had to wear one. I was going the wrong way down an aisle. And a woman says, you're going the wrong way. And I just, uh, I forgot what I said, but she didn't bother me again. So, uh, Andrew said, I wear a mask at Wawa because they asked me to. They're my <laughs> friends and it's their property, but I make that choice. And that's fine, Andrew, if you want to do that. So my post today is, and this is my approach to this from now on, is any business that requires me to wear a rat mask to go into their store, 
I will not go in there and spend a penny. And I hope that everyone joins me in bankrupting that business. I hope they go on a business. I don't want anything to do with them. And I, I, I mean, if, I don't care if they're nice people or not. Uh, I hope you go out of business if you require a mask. And I hope people will stop spending money there. Uh, because I don't care anymore. I'm done with this whole thing. Uh, I, don't, I don't care that it's your property. Uh, you're infringing on my right uh, to choose how I live my life to make yourself feel better. Eh, screw you. Actually, there's a place here in Park City that required masks. It says on the door and they sell, it's a little coffee shop, bagels and stuff like that. And it says, please wear a mask when you come into the store. <clears throat> Guess what? I didn't, you know, my money's good either way. And if they're going to ask me to leave, that's fine. But I went in and nobody said anything. For me, uh, respecting somebody else's property means I'm going to pay for my food. I'm not going to spit on the floor. I'm going to be clean when I go in there. I'm going to be courteous to the staff. And I'm going to be polite to the other people that are going. I'm not going to wear a mask. If you want to ask me to leave, go ahead. But to me, that doesn't show respect for the property owners. Anyway, sorry. Sorry, Andrew. I'm not mad at you. That, the, <laughs> do not take that as an as a indication of my feelings towards you. Uh, I understand completely what you're saying. I'm just taking a new tact. I, I don't. I, uh, I have, well, I have my right to be uh, free to not wear a mask. And if your business is going to do that, and you're going to compel me to follow your rules to go and spend money, I'll spend my money elsewhere because I know I can find some place that will take my money without me wearing a mask. And and I will work in every way I can to put that business out of business. And because uh, I'll I'll tell everyone, and hopefully everyone will go somewhere else to spend their money where they don't require masks because i i mean uh, this whole thing is it's all coming it all came from government and it's all force they're they're using the force of their product to force you to do something uh against your will and is that an anarchist uh, way of living no because they're using force they're compelling me to do something against my will and i just won't spend money there anymore i'm done spending money with these people i hope they go out of business Period. You know, I, I, I understand your frustration because this should all be going by the wayside by right now. We should understand that the, you know, as uh, Rocco mentioned earlier, this really is a scandemic, also a plandemic. And that, that $2 trillion stimulus package or rescue package, I believe that it, uh, it came to light that that was actually originated in the House in January of 2019. They were just looking for an opportunity to spend it. That being said, I also have a similar scenario to what uh, Andrew says is that business there has, you know, they are the um, they're his friends. He goes there at my gym that I go to. You know, we have a lobby and then a place where it's a narrow hallway where the health department wants people to wear masks until people get to where they're going to work out in the gym. It's a boxing gym. So we get to our station where our heavy bag is. Then we can take the mask off. I never wore an official mask, but what I did do was I just pull my sweatshirt up over my mouth and kind of wave and run in. And we also see people that are kind of ignoring it anyway. But the point of it was I asked the owner, is this your policy or has this been, you know, the policy of the health department? She goes, this isn't our policy. We have no say in this. She's just trying to stay in business. So for me to, I'll put, I'll cover my arm or something like that, but run through the, the gym and you know, I don't want them to close. I want them to stay in business. I really like what I do there. So they're not doing it as a way to uh, say, show respect for the other gym members. It's them saying, hey, you know, we're just trying to stay in business. So it's probably about time for us to wrap up the show. And I think what we'll do on the next time we get together, because I really have not had time to read these cases and pick them apart. But I want to talk about a little bit on the next episode about the issue of federalism and the Supreme Court's lack of authority you know, the conservatives are upset because they lost two big battles, both DACA and immigration. And now they're upset because the very panel, the very same panel of the black robe messiahs or the judicial temple monkeys want to assert their gun rights said, no, <laughs> we're not going to address these. So I'm going to go Suzanne, and pick before up on, we yeah. before we leave. Let's just spend about three minutes. We never got to the article about the uh, what, what? how did they put it? Um, uh, predictive policing. It was an old article, and I admit that it was an old article, but it ties in now with the contact tracing, and I just put Andrew's uh, comment back up. I have no doubt that in PA, when they, they finally open for indoor dining, there will be contact tracing requirement. 
I'll leave first. And that, yeah. so what we're at, that old predictive policing uh, article from 2016, uh, <clears throat> it hasn't gone away. It hasn't yeah. stopped. So whether it's a 2016 article or not is immaterial because they're still doing it. It's, it's the social credits we warned about a long time ago, at least a year or two, two ago. We started talking about China and social credits and that they're doing it here. And if you don't believe it, just try to say something on Facebook and see how quickly you're banned. Uh, social credits are here. Contact tracing is this part of the social credits or this predictive policing. They're going to continue it uh, as much, and it's going to get worse. And yes, Andrew, you're like me. If they want my information, I'll say thank you very much, but I'm leaving. You're not getting my information. Uh, yeah. So there, that, I mean, so we wanted to talk about that. I don't know if we wanted to just go a couple minutes, if you have a couple of thoughts on that. And then sure. we can, I mean, we're at 48 minutes and that only we're only going to be a little over 30 minutes in the show by the time yeah. we cut out the beginning. So anyway, uh, I just wanted to get back to that because I know Andrew had made the comment earlier uh, and it's going to get worse. They're going to track everything you do. That's why Suzanne, I know, bought one and I had one already and I sent her the link to it. I gave I sent her the link for the Faraday cage. We tried it. I called her so cell phone yes. that which was on inside the bag and the phone call mm -hmm. never went through to it. So they do work. So when I go the um my easy pass for the tolls comes off the window, goes in the bag, my phone goes in the bag, my RFID chips, uh and my wallet, the credit cards, they all have RFID chips in them now. They all go in the bag. Uh, and I generally just carry cash. There are stripes in them, but they don't, they're not specific to me. So, uh, I will carry cash into the store and pay cash whenever possible. So that's how I get around contact tracing. I'll bring up this article really quickly. Uh, again, this is from 2016. We don't read the daily headlines to you today on this show ever. I've been on other shows, you know, when I was on, on K talk radio before I was, you know, I, I like to wax philosophical, talk about federalism, talk about originalism and, you know, the founding fathers and so on and so forth. And <clears throat> I was just told, you know, you just go too off into the, into the woods there. Our listeners just want the headlines read to them. So fair enough. Uh, that's why we do what we do here. If you want a little bit deeper and uh, think about this a little bit more, this was an article from the Washington Post. Again, it's 2016. This is relevant because of the developments that we've had lately. And they're talking about a case in Fresno where officers raced to a 911 call about a man threatening his ex-girlfriend. We all know that domestic violence cases are very dangerous for police officers to go to, you know, the heightened emotions and anger, so on and so forth. Police officer or police operator in headquarters consulted a software that scored the suspect's potential for violence the way a bank might run a credit report. Well, you know, people say that's really good. The police officer needs to know what they're going to be, you know, uh, confronting when they get to this, this house. Obviously, this will keep them safe, right? Programs scoured billions of data points. This is really why we want a junk bond with us, but we can cover the basics and then he can get into the nitty gritty that requires a little bit of a horsepower <laughs> in the brain on this topic. But the, the program, as I said, scoured billions of data points, including arrest reports, property records, commercial databases, deep web searches, and the man's social media postings. It calculated the threat level as the highest of three color-coded scores, a bright red warning. He had a firearm conviction and gang associations. We don't really know what that means. We really don't know what that means. Out of caution, police called the negotiator. I actually like that they did that. The suspect surrendered and they said the intelligence helped them make the right call. But what if they don't make the right call? What if they don't have the right information? They actually had a member of the uh, county do a check. Um, they say that the, the police uh, officials say that the search tools can provide critical information that can help uncover terrorists and Fort Mass shootings. Isn't that great? They always use those to, uh, to get people to surrender again, more and more liberty. The systems, though, have become powerful flashpoints for civil libertarians and activists because they say that this represents a troubling intrusion on privacy, and this has been deployed with little public oversight and have potential for abuse of error. They also say correctly that it is very unfortunate that we're having these conversations after it's been deployed. 
the horse has left the barn. We're not going to catch it. So what they're saying here is that um, the the person that that they checked on this one, I was again one of the one of the um, council members. There was a person listed with his property that turned his. So the council person had a green result, but the property when it showed if police were going to go there was yellow. And it probably had something they said to do with the person that lived there before. So this is what we're faced with. And we're seeing this also on social media. We have content analysis, absent context. So we're seeing Facebook pages or articles being removed just because of headlines and keywords that are highlighted without any reference to the context. And this is what we're seeing here. Only people with guns coming to your home can have a much more devastating consequence than simply being deplatformed or demonetized. So the, process, the, the program is here is called Beware. It runs an address, searches return the names of residences and scans them against a range, uh, a range of publicly available data to generate the color-coded threat of, for each person, green, yellow, or red. And here's the thing, <clears throat> exactly how Beware calculates this threat scores is something that it says here, the maker, Entrado, considers a trade secret. So we don't know how much weight is given to a misdemeanor, a felony, or threatening comment on Facebook. The program flags issues and provides a report to the user. This is what's really interesting. Talking about Facebook posts, I had an interesting conversation with somebody at this gathering. He was sitting in our camp and got a phone call or there was a, 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 <clears throat> a record, uh, I guess a message. He'd missed a call from his hometown. Turned out it was from the police department. The police had contacted him about a house that had been egged and said, did you make a Facebook post to so-and-so? He was engaged in a rather acrimonious discussion of the political nature, and this person's house was egged, and they called the police, and they looked at Facebook posts and brought him in within, a, within the net of possible suspects based on just a Facebook post. Watch what you put out there. Uh, our good friend Robin, who's listening, I hope she's still with us, shared a post the other day, um, you know, those little games that say, you know, ask a question about yourself, and then it'll say something ridiculous, like you're 150% likely to do this. This one said, how likely are you to lose it and shoot somebody? And then it said 176%. And the arms were in the air, like, oh, well, you know, shrugging shoulders, and everybody was laughing. Yeah, who wouldn't do that? And, and joking, and I'm sitting there going, this is a trap. First of all, even clicking that will get their attention. But I don't doubt for a nanosecond that the responses and people laughing, agreeing, liking, weighing in are not going to be noticed. What do you think about Jeff? that, Jeff? Is that, is that me being too, too tinfoil hatty for everyone? No, because in New York, uh, they discussed for a while there that they were going to use look at your social media posts and score you uh, as to whether or not you could buy a firearm. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it's social credits are here, folks, and, and you just need to be aware. It doesn't. I mean, this is an old article and it deals with the police, but it's predictive policing and they're going to continue on. And as we become more reviled by government because we support liberty. We want no government. We want governance. Uh, as we become more reviled, uh, they're going to use these mediums to make us a threat that will require force to deal with it. So here we have, uh, okay, just an example. Uh, you have a salon owner being arrested and thrown in jail for just trying to feed her family. At the same mm -hmm. time, and again, I, I'm not, this is neither here nor there. I, I'm not supporting or uh, opposing to it. Uh, I'm not even commenting on whether I want government to do anything about it. But now at the same time, you have people in Seattle that have taken over six blocks and they're doing nothing. So 
based on their political leanings and what they're doing, they'll apply force to somebody that is just trying to feed their family and, and is more than likely, and I'm again, I, right, left, conservative, liberal doesn't mean anything, but I'm just going to say that this person probably considers themselves a conservative. She opened her shop and was put in jail. Now the government stepped in and <coughs> saved her from government. Yeah, really. Uh, so anyway, so but based on your beliefs, they are going to apply force. So they're not going to apply force. And so this is very important. We need to really take note to this. And that's why uh, I support Mark, like Mark Cleslin does. And I, I, I'm not going to speak for Suzanne, but I'm pretty sure she does too. Support, support secession as our solution and then setting up some form of governance absent government. So anyway, but well, we really this, are about out of time now, Suzanne. I, I forced us into almost an hour. That's fine. But just, just to close it up, um, <clears throat> you know, as you mentioned, people trying to cut hair to feed their families. We're seeing barbers that are placed out of business. Small business owners are very easy to pick on. They don't have corporate lobbyists to back them up. So they're being shut down. We are seeing now, uh, it's okay though, shut these people down, but it's okay because we need to, pro to protest uh, because the black population is somehow more important than the rest of them. All lives matter, that is not racist. Maybe Black Lives Matter, comma, two, T-O-O, something like that. But I want to leave people with a closing thought. Imagine if the people in Seattle were considered right-wingers, constitutionalists. Imagine if the takeover of that area of Seattle was, I don't know, maybe to support the Second Amendment. What do you think the government response would be for that? Hello, Waco, anybody? So... Uh, we're going to leave you with that thought. We'll be back next week. I'm Suzanne Sherman, Jeff Johnson with me today. I want to thank you for listening to the Wasatch Report. God bless you.